Welcome to the Menstruality Podcast, where we share inspiring conversations about the power of menstrual cycle awareness and conscious menopause. This podcast is brought to you by Red School, where we're training the menstruality leaders of the future. I'm your host, Sophie Jane Hardy, and I'll be joined often by Red School's founders, Alexandra and Shani, as well as an inspiring group of pioneers, activists, changemakers, and creatives to explore how you can unashamedly claim the power of the menstrual cycle to activate your unique form of leadership for yourself, your community, and the world. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. Well, autumn is just beginning to turn into winter here, so we are going to wrap up our unofficial inner autumn premenstrual theme that we've been rocking here on the podcast over the past couple of weeks. We've spoken about the powers of the premenstrual, we've spoken about how to awaken these powers. And today we're having a conversation about what all of this looks like in real life with the amazing Natalie K. Martin, who I'll tell you about in a moment. And we're also trying something new today, which I'm so excited about. I'm going to be weaving in your comments and insights about your premenstrual experiences. And I really want to do more of this. This work, this menstruality work emerges through our togetherness, through our conversation and our relationality. So we can expect much more of this. You can expect much more of this in 2023. So our guest, Natalie K. Martin. So our guest, Natalie K. Martin, is a menstrual cycle and feminine embodiment coach. She's an author. She's been on the podcast before. She's made a powerful transition from a corporate career in London to a new career in yoga and now menstruality. She graduated from our menstruality leadership program this year and she's now making a really beautiful and meaningful contribution to this global menstruality movement with her Femme Powered podcast, which she hosts alongside Julieta Durante. We explore how Nat and how you, the community around this podcast, experience the challenges and the powers of the premenstrual. We normalize the losing it, the messy, untidy premenstrual moments, and we celebrate the truth telling awakenings that can happen in this phase of the cycle. Nat shares the self care practices that she uses to harness the powers of her premenstrual. And she shares what the Menstruality Leadership Program taught her about her limits, about slowing down, about lightening her load, which I really relate to, and how it inspired a, a huge premenstrual awakening one bleak, foggy day 22 morning. So, hey, Nat, it's so good to be chatting with you again. You know, we had our conversation back in January of this year for our Wild Power Retreat, where you shared about the how you adapt movement to suit your cycle. And then you and I chatted for your podcast uh, mm-hmm. earlier on this year. So I'm just loving that we get to continue this conversation and take it to the, the inner critic and the pre-menstrum. Yeah. So thank you for being here. It's great to see you. Thank you for having me again. I feel really, really honoured and really excited to be back. Yeah, like chatting about what we love to chat about most. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for having me. 
it's great to have you because what I'd love to do is just have a really honest and open conversation about inner autumn, the premenstruum, the inner critic, because you speak about it so, so well and you do it publicly, which is hard to do in our world. You know, there's not many people talking about this. So, yeah, we'll get into your story. Let's start how we always do that with a cycle check in. And uh, you've got a a special check in today. Yeah, I am on day 48 today. So I am tomorrow, I'll be seven weeks pregnant, which is incredibly exciting and strange and beautiful and unexpected, but very, very welcome. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel I've been feeling today like I'm in my winter, wanting to not really interact and go outside but at the same time feeling very suspended in midair I hadn't expected the feeling of not having a cycle anymore and yeah it's very interesting to come from that place of always knowing where you are in your cycle and having an expectation around how you normally feel to then knowing Mm. that like in a day or a couple days or whatever you're going to shift into the next season and phase and so I'm feeling good but it's like suddenly being in a in a very empty kind of terrain. Yes. Yeah, very unexpected. I had never heard anyone talk about that. So I was like, yes. <laughs> so anyone who's listening, like just maybe expect that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember having exactly the same feeling when mm. I was pregnant. And I'd had an interesting ride to it. Everyone's got a different ride to getting to the moment that you're in right now. And we'd been wanting it for so long and going through IVF. So I'd been all, all through an interesting roller coaster. But I remember that feeling of it felt very wintry. And I actually had a podcast conversation with J.D. Mountjoy, who's one of the mentors on our Menstruality Leadership Program, about what the seasons can feel like in pregnancy. Mm. And it was really interesting for me to hear her perspective on it. And she she was very good at kind of coaching me to understand what my inner experience felt like. So in many ways, I feel like it enhanced my understanding of my inner seasons, even though I wasn't going through them each month during the pregnancy. I'll drop a link to the show notes in that for anyone who sort of is pregnant or would like to get pregnant and would like to hear about that process. Yeah. Yeah. It's an it's an interesting shift. Well, thank you for sharing it with us. Yeah, we're, we're treasuring it with you. <laughs> I'm on day three over here. Mm. And I did manage to have a good couple of hours of just lay, lying in a hot bath on day one, which did drop me into a good menstrual space. And then yesterday was a rocky day with a lot to do and ended up at the end of the day just crying in a heap on aid because it was just too much for my little... I'm not going to say little for my big, beautiful, sensitive system, you know, so wide open and to have a house full of builders and a really big to-do list and a toddler was like, oh, I can't handle it today. And luckily he was able to hold me, which was wonderful. And then I got sleep and then I bounced back and I'm starting to feel a little bit of the renewal bubbling up just a bit. Yeah. 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 Some good ground actually to talk about your inner critic and pre-menstruum journey Uh, let's let's start with that like I I know because I've been following your work for a while that you've got a real fascination with inner autumn and Mm -hmm. the pre-menstruum and the 
the inner critic especially and I'd love to hear what birthed that fascination like can you share your story with us around that so my fascination with the inner critic just comes from a general uh, fascination with with how we work I've always been very intrigued and curious about how people interact with each other and themselves and so for me, the the inner critic, my fascination with it really comes from it being a, a self-developmental tool. And the fact that it's a part of us that that knows us so very well and can do incredible good, but can also be challenging, to put it in a very light way. And with my premenstruum, I... So I came off the pill when I was 33. I was on it for 17 years. And when I came off the pill, I never really experienced PMS. I definitely realized that I had more, I had different moods, let's say, but I would never, you know, it was never that like I would have this really rough week or two weeks or 10 days or whatever. And then I would notice when my period comes that it went away. My awareness of my premenstruum really came with the, the menstrual cycle awareness work and and the the wild woman archetype because I always kind of felt like I just don't resonate with that. There's something there's something about it that I just don't feel, I don't vibe with, I don't like that it's called the wild woman. I don't like the Instagram-y style stuff that we see around it. And for me, I felt like the wild woman was this completely foreign, out of reach being. She was someone who was extremely sexual, who was extremely primal, very big and and seductive and alluring and magnetic and very wild. And so for me, that I remember um, when I was doing my training with Claire Baker and I remember speaking to one of the other the students and, and just being like, I just, it doesn't vibe for me. I need to find my own version of it. And I played around with different aspects of the premenstruum. But what I found was that for me, one of the reasons why I came into menstrual cycle awareness was my libido and just feeling like I should be living a more vibrant inner life, which mm. for me, when I put that into the menstrual cycle awareness work like that for me fits with premenstruum the wild woman mm. I don't know if you've seen Vicky Cristina Barcelona but Penelope Cruz's character that for me as always like when I think about that wild woman kind of energy that's always what I had in mind which film say the film again Vicky Cristina Barcelona the one with um uh, Javier Bardem Penelope Cruz and I think it's Scarlett Johansson. Great. I'll put a link in the show notes. I would be the Scarlett Johansson sensible <laughs> character. And, you know, Melody um, <laughs> Cruz is this wild woman artist, really fiery, just as I'm thinking about it, that's that's what brought me into my premenstruum in a way where it actually became my favourite season to be in. It was the time where I started to feel most clear, where I could do most things, where I could get the like hormonal estrogeny stuff out of the way. It always felt for me around about day 19, like, oh, yes, okay, I'm here, I've arrived, <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, and I realized that that was not 
the journey that most people had. It's not the experience that a lot of people had. And it made me feel quite sad to hear that because of course there are like hormonal things that are happening. And for some people, you know, that it's not just a matter of, of, you know, like aligning to their cycle and all of that kind of stuff. But I feel like it's such a misunderstood part of the cycle and that the inner critic is a very much misunderstood aspect of that. And for me, the premenstruum is really where it's it's about our vibrancy and our inner world and our creative expression, our self-expression, our sexuality, all of that. And so it's not the part of the cycle that I ever thought I would be really focusing on in my work or in my, where I would feel most at home in, but it's come to me through my journey of learning how to be with myself, mm. um, how to treat myself, how to speak to myself. Um, and then also like the sexual and sensual pleasure part as well. Mm. Wow. I, I love that wild mystery tour you just took us on because you pulled on <laughs> so many fascinating threads. But what I'm really hearing rising out above all of them is that you had a longing and it sounded like it was a quiet longing, but it was also very loud inside, you know, quiet as in you perhaps weren't sharing it mm-hmm. with many people, but it was really driving you, which was to, to have a more vibrant life. Mm. I think so many of us feel that. I know I've heard myself say it to myself over this past year, especially. I just thought life was going to feel big, more bigger and more beautiful than this. Yeah. It's a real <laughs> premenstrual voice for me. And I know... I know the voice now and I'm, you know, I just feel like it's such an ongoing journey with the premenstruum, but I'm learning to relate to that voice and, and, and ask, okay, what shall we do then? You know, what, what edge am I not walking that will allow me to feel bigger and more beautiful? You know, I can feel that this inner critic premenstrual voice is always nudging me in that direction. So you had this desire. I, I want it to be more vibrant. And then, just the beautiful mystery of of cycle awareness and, and of intuition, then you were taken into, well, maybe a pathway to this is sensuality and sexuality. And the, it sounds like the phase of your cycle where you feel most plugged into that is you, you came to see is your inner autumn. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm in a previous life slash not so previous. Um, I also have written five romance novels women's fiction novels and you know you kind of need to have a little bit of fairy tale in there and and so I'm like writing these very vivid worlds and and emotions and people and it's not to say that I wasn't experiencing that myself but you know I would look at some people or I would I would speak to some people and 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 observe them and think gosh they are so alive you know Mm -hmm. and I wanted to find out am I, am I that alive? Really? I've, it's always, mm. I mean, I went on the pill when I was 16, so it's very difficult for me to know who, there's always a part of me that questions, who am I really? Who would I be if I had not gone on the pill quite so young, or if I'd only stayed on it, you know, for a few years, but from 16 to 33, I, you know, I don't know what my libido was like before. I don't know if I would be someone who had more intense waves going through the menstrual cycle and 
you know, am I really just, I'm a Taurus, I'm super grounded generally, I'm really like safe and sensible. Like, is that just who I am? Or is, you know, more to me that has been suppressed either through like culture and society and experience or hormones and the menstrual cycle? That's actually one of the main reasons why I came off the pill was that feeling of, am I going to feel more vibrant and more alive if I come off of the pill? Mm. Yeah, it's a big question. <laughs> mm. Multi-layered question that is still being unraveled. Same in me too, in me too. I'm with you in all of those questions. And I, I, as you're speaking, I'm reflecting on one of the core qualities I think I see in people who really do embrace menstrual cycle awareness as a path and a personal development path and a spiritual path is that aliveness. Mm an aliveness in the whole spectrum of feeling it's definitely something that I notice in me yeah that my aliveness keeps growing the more that I connect to this cyclical nature yeah absolutely yeah and the bigger the emotions become yes (laughs) (laughs) goes a bit hand in hand I think our community here at Red School feel similar to how we're talking because I did a little survey on our Instagram stories before Mm. we were going to have this conversation. And I asked, how do you feel about your pre-menstruum? And 18% said they loved it. 33% said that it was hard. And 57% said a bit of both. Mm -hmm. So I think what we're seeing is that the premenstruum contains all of these questions and all of these possibilities and all of these nuances and all of these paradoxes. And it's possibly why it's so interesting to all of us, you know, to untangle and unravel. Yeah. It's a rich place in the cycle. <laughs> Let's get into the richness. Yeah. I'd like to break our conversation into two halves to look at the challenges mm-hmm. and the powers mm. of the premenstruum. And to start with the challenges, I want to name and normalize some of the challenges that people experience. And in another story, I asked, you know, what are your core challenges in your premenstruum? And the kinds of things I heard back were from Vanessa, intrusive thoughts, from Lauren, feeling suffocated by destructive thoughts. Valerie said it's like an emotional wrecking ball. Ida said, I feel sad and experience a collapse of energy. There's an overexposure with nowhere to run and hide. I totally relate to all of these so far. And Rosanna said, my inner critic beats me up and beats up everyone else. And I have a lack of control of my temper. And there were just general threads around fluctuating between highly strong and anxious and then depressed, crying, losing a sense of meaning which I will, all of these things I've experienced, but I'm curious to hear what, what have been your core challenging experiences in your premenstruum and how have they changed and shifted, particularly over this year mm-hmm. while you've been on the menstruality leadership program? Yeah. So I'd say already at the beginning of this year, I'd, I'd found myself, you know, just being in a place of, of actually really loving my premenstruum and, mm and looking forward to being there and um and wishing it could be longer my ovulations were really tricky for a long time it was always Mm. really you know just exhausting and fatigued and feeling like crap um and so it always felt like oh thank god like 
you know, once my pre, once my premenstrual is there, it's like that horrible ovulation stuff's gone. Um, but what I would say is that actually there is a flip side to that. You know, like we when we find somewhere that we feel at home in in the cycle, that can be where we tend to load things because mm. we know that we've got capacity. So for me, my premenstrual was somewhere where I could sit and focus for a long time, where I felt very clear where I had a lot of um a lot of insights I wouldn't necessarily say ideas but a lot of insights and would just find myself being able to get into that I guess what they would call like flow state and Mm. so I started to kind of push a lot of things over into that phase of my cycle because I know know, like I'm going to be able to deal with it much better then and at the same time, I'd been kind of playing with my inner spring and my inner summer to to find that lightness and that vibrancy. And and um, so it, at the time, it kind of felt pretty good that like, okay, I'm lightening my load around the first part of my cycle and then the second part of my cycle, I know that I can like put all this stuff in there. But of course, that leads to, <laughs> you know, like pressure and, and knowing that you've only got a finite amount of time to get this stuff done and... Um, And so I'm not going to say it led to perfectionism. That would probably be a bit too much, but it it led to me kind of, I guess, being out of balance in certain Mm -hmm. ways. Mm. And this year, this year was an absolutely, I've really, I've learned my limits this year in terms of what Mm. I can do. So um, the MLP was going from, um, from like May, wasn't it? Until we actually just had the final home group recording uh, meeting last night. So it was, and it's big, this, pro, wow, I hadn't expected it to be quite such a journey. Mm. Um, and alongside that, I had my feminine embodiment training, which is nine months. Um, and so in total, I would be, you know, in Zoom trainings for about seven hours a week, plus all the things that, you you know, that come alongside that. And then, you know, a very, very, very busy summer with a job that was extremely hectic. And and so actually this year, I kind of started to feel like my world was getting smaller and smaller um, mm-hmm. from both a capacity point of view to uh, a point of view within my cycle, because I was relying so much on my premenstruum to kind of like carry me through. Mm-hmm. Um, and that all culminated in September after a beautiful two-week holiday in Croatia and coming back to to southern Germany where I live and (laughs) where I live it's a little valley and so our autumns are pretty foggy and quite bleak and I was walking my dog in this in the field um around the corner from my house and it was so it was beautiful fog really but it just was so bleak I think I was on day 22 and I was sending a voice message to Julietta and I was just, I started speaking and I just, I just cried. I just remember looking at this, we're standing at a crossroads in the middle of this field and just feeling like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and it was a real, because I've never, my premenstruum has never really felt dark, but it really felt dark. And I, by now, through the process of of menstrual cycle awareness know that when I'm in that when I'm experiencing something like like that like there's a there's an inquiry process that has to happen Mm. and 
over the course of that day, I was really just like, okay, what do I actually need? And what I needed was space. Mm. I just, then I had a coaching session with my lovely coach and I was just like, I just need space. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to show up on social media right now. I don't want to have the pressure of writing a blog post or an email. I want to have what I've just had for the last two weeks. And that was a real revelation to me because I have been skipping around. (laughs) How can I lighten my load? How can I do less or do more efficiently? The one of the things that kept coming up in the MLP for me was like time and needing to have space. It's the same thing that was coming up in my feminine embodiment training. And I just, it was one of those moments of clarity where I was just like, okay, like it's now autumn, it's going to become winter. If this was my cycle, I would be slowing down to not be doing anything over winter. And I made a decision to just let go of everything. So apart from the coaching clients that I had, I was taking myself off schedule. I was not posting on a schedule anymore. I'm not blogging on a schedule anymore. I'm not doing anything that I don't want to do. And I had my second menstrual uh, medicine circle with my home group mentor, which was also about space. And it just felt like that, you know, what had been a very, very bleak experience on that day, that had I not known about menstrual cycle awareness and how to unpack all of that, could have been really, you know, there could have been a really big story that came out of that, that could have led to me having a very dramatic (laughs) experience but because I knew how to work with it actually led Mm. to something really special I don't see that I can really skip away from now Mm -hmm. like it was such a a deep experience and the revelation of what I needed was so clear that I for me right now I cannot imagine forgetting that Mm -hmm what has been just a very like, oh, it's my favorite place. And let me put all my stuff there and then get really overloaded. You know, like that has all, that's like a year, probably even more of a culmination of overloading, overloading, taking on, taking on so many new things. And yeah, let me add that. Let me add that to a point where it's just like, if I don't stop, then I'm gonna have some serious mental or emotional health issues. Yes. Yes, I really hear you. I've had exactly those moments myself. And when I received the email that you wrote about this story and you shared a line from your, I think it was, you shared a line from your period diary, you know, your cycle journal. And it was, all I want is to stand under the shower and be pounded by jets of hot water. I could have stayed there all morning, but but I can't because there's a climate crisis and not enough water and the world is going to shit and we have to save our gas because of the lunatic that is Putin. I feel <laughs> wide open and I don't want to be. Yeah. And I smiled when I received that because the amount of times I've had that day 22, day 23 moment of, mm. I just need this and xyz means that I can't yeah and I feel like this story that you shared just so powerfully illustrates how the challenge of the premenstruum works us and tenderizes us and brings us to this place of vulnerability sometimes brings us to our knees Mm. 
so that we can know what we need and then have the like the metal and the muscle inside us to go and get what we need yes and in your case this bold move of I need space and time so I'm actually going to take away a whole lot of stuff Mm. so that I can have space and time and like who knows how this all weaves into the greater wisdom of your deep being because now look where you are in this autumn (laughs) so so beautiful to hear you know to receive this story about how you were able to hear your Mm. premenstrual wisdom and hold yourself through it so that you could create the space that you're in now in your life yeah yeah and I I remember you know with that like I feel so cracked open I don't want to be and I re- and there's a few times where I've I've thought this of, of gosh life was just so much easier when I didn't know all of this you know yeah. like <laughs> and I remember on that day just feeling like I don't want to have this open vulnerable tender spot where I care about a climate crisis you know it might sound might sound really incredibly selfish to say that but honestly on that day I was like I don't want to know I don't want to care that there's not enough water I don't want to care that we have to think about you know where our gas comes from I don't want to care about this I just want to be able to do what I need to do to look after myself it may, always makes me think about you and your story um, with Tree Sisters and, you know, like how menstrual cycle awareness can like actually really help with the world and sustainability and everything, because you do, you become aware of worlds outside of your own and cycles and how things flow with one another. And I definitely on that day, was just like, I wish I didn't know about any of this. <laughs> I really get you because it, yeah, there's a responsibility that comes with that tenderness and that softness and that permeability and that openness that is hard to deal with inside of the softness and the permeability and the openness I felt exactly the same thing and Mm. I feel like that's why as people who are being consciously cyclical beings in a very linear world why we need each other Mm. because the the amount of times I've reached out to a cycle aware friend and gone oh in exactly the same kind of spot you were in and then they help me to remember you know, it's exactly this tenderness, mm. which is what the world needs right now. Yeah. There's so much polarity. There's so much separation. There's so much conflict. Mm. And if we can awaken more of this tender-hearted way of being. But, you know, unfortunately, we just have to be at the <laughs> forefront, breaking the ground here, feeling everything <laughs> in our free menstruum. <laughs> but it's why we need each other, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We really do need to be in community as we practice swimming upstream here and choosing to live cyclically in a linear world. And that's why I'm pausing our conversation with Nat right now to share about the core way that we gather groups of cycle passionate people together each year which is through our menstruality leadership program where we take a deep dive into the wisdom of the menstrual cycle and menopause and we're really excited because later on today we're going to be opening bookings for our 2023 menstruality leadership program so if you know you're interested we'd like to invite you to join us for a free introductory webinar that we're hosting this evening UK time 
I'll add a link to register in the show notes, which you'll be able to find by visiting redschool.net forward slash podcast. That's redschool.net forward slash podcast and look for today's episode. The webinar is called How to Channel the Powers of Your Menstrual Cycle to Step into Leadership. It's happening at 1pm New York time, 6pm London time, and we'll send you a recording if you can't be there live. In the webinar, we're going to debunk three myths that we hear all the time from people in our community about leadership, this grand word leadership, and menstruality. Alexandra and Shani will share all about our method for supporting you to channel the powers of your cycle and that's including the premenstrual powers of your cycle as you step into your unique form of leadership whatever that looks like for you in your life it's a method that's been developed through over 10,000 hours of research over the past four decades with thousands of people and it's the foundation of the MLP curriculum And lastly, Alexandra and Shani will also guide you through a live process to get a taste of how these powers can support you and your leadership starting today. So we hope you'll join us. And for now, let's get back to this beautiful conversation with Nat. And that does walk us quite beautifully into the next part of this conversation around the powers, Mm. because without that skinlessness, vulnerability, tenderness, we can't access the, well, we can't access the kind of thing that you accessed on day two of this story, where the, this is a quote from your email, you receive this day two wisdom of, I want to enjoy my life. I want spaciousness and time and pleasure and fun. I want to thrive. I want to help women thrive and feel pleasure and fun and spaciousness. I want to feel powerful and feminine and filled up and held and provide that in turn. Mm. And when I read that, I feel a woman in her inside her calling. Mm. Mm. So that tenderness and that openness mm-hmm. is what allows, I, I believe, what allows us to feel the fullness of the calling coming through and then to take the steps to make that calling happen in the world which you are doing so amazingly right now with your new program around mm-hmm. sexuality and pleasure yeah so it's great to feel both sides of the spectrum there and the power that it awakened in you it's so interesting to have that written read back because I don't read my old emails you know I'm kind of like once it's, it's done and it's channeled it's it's kind of like gone and that that experience of the premenstrual day 23 and then the, the following day two and and all of that was directly following the end of the live MLP sessions. And, and actually one of the really pivotal sessions and moments was, and I don't want to like spoil it for people who haven't been on it, but um, there is a session that you do, which is about understanding what your calling is and almost stepping into that. And there, there was a week when we were in Croatia where we had that lesson um, where there was a lot of spaciousness on the holiday, where it coincided with some practices from my embodiment training as well, where it all just kind of came together. Mm. And honestly, I think if I'd have had this that day 23 experience a month before, mm. I don't think I would have necessarily got to the same conclusion. I don't think that I would have been 
broken open in quite the same way. I think it was that kind of perfect storm of all the work that I've been doing myself this year, plus, you know, this this very specific, very special class in the MLP. And then, you know, the that it's autumn, that I was in my autumn, in autumn. And it was all of that kind of stuff meshed together. But it is, it is a kind of like realization of what is it that I actually want? What is it that I feel like I want to do? What do I feel is necessary for myself? What's important for me now? This is one of the powers of the premenstrual phase, as you say, is that like it can highlight those things for you. It doesn't do it at the time. Like that was day two wisdom. That was not <laughs> day 24 the next day. Like, you know, um, but it's just, it is this gentle unraveling. And I think that, I think that is the biggest power of the premenstrual phase is that it's, you know, you need to have the the winter afterwards to fully receive what has come out of it but the premenstruum like it is raw and it is tender and it can be an incredibly tough place because mm. it the tough love <laughs> lesson that we need before we then you know get to go and like run to mom or grandma or sister or neighbor or whoever and you know I've had a really rough time and now I need to like yeah. digest what it means and that is the power of the premenstrual phase and I think it's just a case of and learning to separate yourself from what is happening, that it's not like you and your life is wrong and all of the stuff that it might sound like um, and knowing like, okay, how can I, like, how do I get to figure out what the wisdom of this is? So yeah, it's a pretty, pretty big power, I think. Yeah. It's immense. It's mm-hmm. immense. Mm-hmm. You always know there's big power in something if the patriarchy has squashed it and shaped it. Oh, yeah. Like women's sexuality Mm. and premenstrual rage and anger, which throughout history has been called hysteria, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And you know that there must be something big in there if it's being shamed and cast aside. The whole of the menstrual cycle has been shamed Mm. until now. We're bringing it back. There were some great responses from the community when I asked, what do you love about your premenstrual phase? So Rachel said, I feel really dialed in and I have a spurt of motivation to clean things up in my life. Slowing down the inward connection, the boundaries and the inner knowing. Lauren said, the clarity of the wisdom that I receive, the righteousness of anger and the relief of truth. Ida says, the rage, the contact with the depth within. Rosanna, going inward, slowing down. Ashley, the richness and sharpness of my mind and that I get shit done. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Do you, do you relate? I relate to all of those as well. Oh, yeah. This, that, that sharp mind. For some people, it obviously isn't like that. For some people, they'll experience brain fog. But yeah, the sharp mind in particular was, um, yeah, that was a real... Like, that's how I knew. I was like, okay, I'm here now. Yes, yes. Um, what would you, could you share or reflect on some of the things that help you access the powers of your premenstruum? Like, are there practices or things that you do mm-hmm. that support you to, to be in touch with these powers? Mm, yeah, for sure. There's, the, there's always been the movement. It's always been something that I come back to. 
it's not necessarily mm. something I do or cycle long anymore. My premenstruum is a time when I'm I'm more likely to feel like I need to move my body in a very unruly kind of way. Mm. So it's not the time when I tend to go for the yoga. It's the time when I'll like, you know, I've got a playlist for each season and it's the time usually where I will put on the music that usually helps me to kind of get into those spaces of myself. Um, so movement and, and dance in particular, it provides space for me. Of course, there's like all the physical benefits as well, but it provides space for me just to kind of, yeah, like see actually what's happening in my inner world. So that's always been really huge. Showers, they're not the most friendly way to like look after the planet. But for me, it feels like that's one of the really integral parts of my self-care routine. I have to have, I have to have a shower a day. I have to, if I'm working with people after I've, you know, had a session or had a bulk of sessions, I have to have a shower because it just feels, um, and especially in my premenstruum, it feels it's it's like stepping into a little booth yeah. where you are contained. Yeah. In a way. Um, so yeah, some maybe sounds strange to some people, but I think a lot of people understand that feeling of um, Oh yeah, I'm sure so yeah. many people will relate. Yeah, I, I feel the same about baths. I need to immerse yeah. myself in hot water. And I know that when I bleed, if I do that, it totally transforms my experience as oh, I yeah. bleed. Absolutely. I had two hours in a hot bath just floating around. Mm-hmm. I was like a selkie, you know, like a mermaid in the yeah, sea, nice. you know, in my menstrual <laughs> dreaming. And my my hair was like kelp in the water, and it just allowed me to drop into that mythical dreamlike place where I could actually access the medicine of my bleed step out of the day-to-day and it's oh, just yeah. through hot water water is a very special thing it's a very yeah. very special um way of of like transmuting and cleansing energy and yeah mm. I was speaking to a woman called Asha Frost I don't know if you've come across her she's an indigenous teacher who lives in Canada mm-hmm. and she works deeply with one-to-one with people and she said she always has to have a salt bath at the end of the day mm-hmm. and it's the, the cleansing of the water and the salt allows her to release anything that's moved mm-hmm. through and then move on you know get mm-hmm. back to her family and back on with her life yeah I remember on my, my um one of my teacher trainings or my teacher said like you know when you have emotions that you don't know how to deal with like give it to the water in the best case salty water in the best case flowing water and and from that moment and and from that trip where I, I've really felt the call to go into the sea every day which was not, not something that I'm not you know before then was not really like a watery person um mm. so yeah water is a really big deal for me um journaling I tend to do the bulk of my journaling when I'm in my autumn and my winter I don't like you know I don't really as much as I try I'm not just not really there (laughs) with it at other times um and so that kind of freehand journaling is something that really helps with my autumn as well just to cut through the noise and almost empty myself And then there's a few practical things like making lists. I feel like that's a time when I tend to, you know, want to get organized and make lists of what I need to do or lists of the things that are bugging me (laughs) and the things that are kind of like going around um, and around in my head and what my inner critic is saying and things like that. Um, And I I definitely noticed in my premenstruum that like I just, my, my need for self-care increases quite dramatically my need yes. to have 
real boundaries with my phone, with my social media, um, you know, like just going to bed a little bit before I'm tired so I can, you know, just sit and read a bit or like things that I wouldn't necessarily care about um, in other parts of my cycle. It's, it's something that I feel in the beginning with menstrual cycle awareness, I kind of had to learn um, but now happen automatically and it's and sometimes it's a sign for me that like okay I'm I'm actually I know that I'm in my premenstrual now because like I need to sleep it's harder for me to wake up in the mornings or I really want to get in bed like early um mm. whereas before I would just you know stay up until midnight or whatever and yeah so it's a combination of the kind of like energetic things <laughs> and then um and walking my dog as well um, he's not here with us at the moment we're away and I'm like I'm not used to this um yeah. but walking my dog especially in my premenstrual phase I tend to go with with like nothing no phone no podcast no music no anything um and I'll tend to go for longer walks with him and and just enjoy like just being yeah yeah, that's also, a, I find it's a good way to cutting through noise and listening yes. to like what is happening. Yes, I find that I'm, I absolutely have to slow down because there's so much bubbling up that's kind of coming up to be processed from the month yeah. that if I don't quieten everything down around me and slow it all down, that bubbling just turns into overwhelm really, really quickly. But if I give it some space, for all these thoughts and ideas and loops to be closed from the month, then I can keep a tab on my uh, 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 explosion moments in the pre mm. really helps. Slowing down is such a radical act in this world. It is. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's a weirdly radical act. Nat, would you be willing to share your playlist with us? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, amazing I, i'll drop it in the show notes mm. your premenstrual playlist that yes. um, i know i mm. will love to listen to that and i know yeah. other people <laughs> will as well what would you say were your core learnings from the menstruality leadership program what would you say were the biggest takeaways or the biggest learnings for you my biggest learnings um actually came from my inner spring which i had not expected why why weren't you expecting it I think because I expected it to come from my premenstruum. Okay. It was a place that like, I love being in my premenstruum. I'm really good with my inner critic. So I expected that like the, the wisdom would come from that place. Mm. And, and I remember there's a couple of sessions where, you know, they were like, listen out for the, you know, like where you're being pulled to go to. And it might not be where you expect. And I was still remember thinking it's going to be the premenstruum. It's going to be my inner autumn. <laughs> <laughs> and it never was so you know like and these are the sessions that kind of like um wrap up section one and section two and in, in both it was the spring and the most vivid journeys that I had was all to do with my inner spring um and it was really variations of a kind of um like if I look back on it now and if I think about it visually there's a specific green, like the, the the green of a lake. And I remember um, there was a kind of a session around what the next steps were gonna be. And and there was this this vision of just 
extreme green you know like a really Mm. deep green lake and lots of plants and lots of trees and just that kind of like full hazy summer green um and it just felt like an extremely serene place to be and and there wasn't really anything to do it was just just like enjoying being in this um and my spring was also always associated with water in in the um in the MLP and and you know just that receiving the a lot of the times I was receiving images of water and being in water and just kind of floating on my back and you know like when you're on holiday and you're in the sea and you're just lolling around and there isn't anything and this was a real um (laughs) this was the complete opposite to what my life was like at the time um over the Mm. summer it was just it was incredibly busy and hectic probably the most busiest that I've ever experienced and the the most amount of emotional and mental stress I've had and so I kept receiving this this wisdom all the time of like stepping back time I had a lot of visions of the never-ending story and and bits from that and you know just kind of like okay I can feel that it's like telling me to you know so how can I do this how can I and I, I I spent a long time avoiding it and and you know having these wonderful journeys and these these very deep experiences but then coming out of it and going back to my everyday life and then being like okay maybe I can like just change the way I do this and it would work out to like a one percent change and so I feel like the when I look back now the biggest thing that I've taken from it is just to chill out like just to slow down and and enjoy the times of doing nothing and to actually create space to do nothing because it's not doing nothing yes Oh, it's so beautiful what you're saying. That's the, I think that's the biggest takeaway that I've had. It's like it's even in the times where you're not doing anything, like you are. <laughs> yes. And it's all there in that vision that you shared of that deep green lake and all the life and all the plants. Yeah. That in a world that at that pushes for endless productivity, mm-hmm. emptiness can feel like a, a deadness. Yeah. But the truth of the emptiness is it's absolutely teeming with bright green, vivid life if we let it happen. Wow. Yeah. Not what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. the cycle is so tricksy. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I thought I would have some kind of like big revelations about my work and that it would have that premenstrual like power behind it. And actually, yeah it was the opposite it was the the to take the foot off the pedal and not do so much so interesting I hear this all the time and it was my experience too of the MLP that I had surprising revelations and I think that one of the reasons why is that everything we do on the menstruality leadership program plugs us into body wisdom and body wisdom is a lot lower and slower and quieter than the world wants it to be you know it's not sparkly and jingly and jangly it's usually really wise really calm and really low to the ground and and uneasy to miss because of that it feels like you really found found your wisdom and reaped the harvest of the harvest of it Mm, yeah 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 I would say so I would say Mm. so. so actually my the relationship to those parts of my cycle changed quite dramatically um in the short time (laughs) 
<laughs> of having a cycle since receiving that information. It'll be really interesting to see how you're able to take that into the springtime of your motherhood. Yeah. Yeah, I am I am really intrigued. I am really intrigued because um I think, you know, as you say, like there is this body wisdom. And I think, you know, without having learned how much I needed to have space and how much I needed to slow down, like I could not imagine like what it could be like to actually be a mother living the life that I was living a few months ago. Mm. It would have just been incredibly stressful and overwhelming without having the awareness of like, okay, it's actually really important now to just slow down. So Mm. yeah, it's very, it's always really interesting, like with the benefit of hindsight to look back and see like the steps of a journey. Um, You know, it's kind of like, would I necessarily be here in this situation had I not have had those experiences, like who knows? Um, nice. But it all feels extremely supportive as to for where I am now and and going forwards with the things I want to do with my business and like how I want to live my life in general. And mm. yeah, yeah, really special. Thanks, Nat. Thank you for sharing so much of yourself and your journey. And it's been really fulfilling for me and fascinating to track these inner processes with you Mm. and I'd love to hear about your work and your business and can you share what's happening next and how people can connect with you if they'd like to and connect with your work yeah well I'm I'm hoping to slow down a bit next year even more (laughs) I might have to might not be able to have much choice in that but um yeah so I'm I'm still doing my menstrual cycle awareness coaching and this is like the the kind of bedrock of everything that I do and at the moment right now I've just started a a 10-week program with a group of uh, eight women who um, are on a journey to uncover the pleasure in their lives and to feel reconnection to their sexual energy this is something that has been part of my journey for a long time and um, as of yeah let's say as of next year as of 2023 now um, is something that I will also be offering in a one-on-one space as well because it's um I find the the relationship to pleasure and and sensuality and sexuality is very 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 closely bound to the menstrual Mm. cycle um clearly because it's the menstrual cycle and it's you know it is like sexual energy that's like governing it um and this is something that for me has been quite a long (laughs) and at times really um quite um disappointing and um and lonely journey um and so this is kind of the next step the next the next step for me is to bring this kind of menstrual cycle awareness work into the realms of sexuality and um and pleasure and wonderful yeah blending them together so those are my my main focuses for next year I think and hopefully if I can finally get around to it um a little weekend retreat here in Germany in early spring oh something I've been I've been planning it for a while and now with this news I thought okay (laughs) if I'm gonna do it it should probably be (laughs) this side yeah soon (laughs) (laughs) springtime Well, okay, so for our German listeners, I'll drop the link to sign up yeah. to your newsletter list because I imagine that's the way that people would find out about that. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not at the moment, I'm not as active on, um, on social media. My email is somewhere where, you know, as you've um, shared with, with us in this episode, it's somewhere where I, I tend to be a bit more, um, not that I'm not open and honest on Instagram, but there's just more space. There's more scope on email. And um, so for anyone who's just, you know, curious about me and what I do, then that's a, a good place. Um, to go and then all the offers and everything or you know they'll always be available via email it's a great email I always read it and I don't read many emails but I just always know that I'm going to get some fresh honest cycle wisdom from that so I really recommend signing up oh thank you (laughs) thank you thank you for joining us today and for sharing your story and yeah good luck with with what unfolds over the next few months for you oh thank you so much thank you Thank you for joining me today in this important conversation about the powers of the premenstruum with Nat. And I've just really especially enjoyed having the conversation with the community in this one and bringing in everyone's voices so that we can all cross pollinate and lay breadcrumb trails of inspiration for each other and also just normalize all of the wide range of different experiences we have as people with menstrual cycles living in this world that can be oh so linear when we are oh so cyclical. And I'm really looking forward to having more of a conversation in the podcast in this coming year. So if there are conversations you would love us to be having, if there are topics, you know, particular points in your cycle that you find tricky or challenges that you're having in bringing your menstrual cycle awareness into your life, your work, your relationships, please drop me a note at sophie at redschool.net. I'd love to hear from you and I'll be sharing invitations in this coming year for you to bring your voice, your thoughts, your insights, your wisdom into this podcast so that we can have a genuine conversation about the power of the cycle, about the power of menopause. And I want to reiterate our invitation, especially if you've been thinking about the Menstruality Leadership Programme and wondering if it's for you or if this is the time that you might want to join. And also, if you're just curious about the connection between your menstrual cycle or your menopause process and your calling, your purpose, your power, then do join us for the webinar today how to channel the powers of your menstrual cycle to step into your leadership. It's at 1pm New York time, that's 6pm London time. And no worries if you can't make it live because we'll be able to send you a recording. Okay, that's all from me for this week. I look forward to being together with you again next week. And until then, keep living life according to your own brilliant rhythm.